Good day from Wall Street. This is Jack Marks for Wall Street Reporter. And today I am speaking with Dr. Nader Porhassan. He is the CEO of Cytodyne Inc. Stock symbol is CYDY over the counter. Uh, Dr. Porhassan, welcome back. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Dr. Porhassan, this is really our, uh, I think, our third interview since January. And, uh, you know, Cytodon has been making some really tremendous progress since then. There's been a lot of exciting news developments. Uh, what's, I think, most interesting is, uh, you know, recently H.C. Wainwright uh, put out a buy, a buy recommendation. Or actually, I think they reiterated a buy recommendation. Uh, they have a 12-month price target of $1.50 on the stock. So that's about a 3x move from the, from the current yeah. price level. So and I think there, and from what I understand, the analyst is basing that just on the value of uh, Liron Limab for uh, for the HIV indication by itself. So nothing without taking into consideration uh, the rest of the pipeline. So you know that really kind of leaves a, a lot of upside here. Uh, so that being said, can you you know bring our audience up to speed on? you know, where the company is right now, you know, along the path towards, you know, final FDA uh, approval uh, and, uh, and the start of revenues for, for Liron Limab Pro 144 HIV. Yeah, absolutely. So that the report uh, continuously keeps saying that the, risk, the risks that are involved still is finishing the clinical trial. We already finished clinical trial. We hit our primary endpoint. Our uh, p-value was impressive value, 0.0032. You need 0.05 to uh, get accepted by FDA. Uh, we finished the trial with 81% responders rate compared to Pfizer 45% and uh, Ibelezumab 43% or so. So to say that our stock price could be $1.50 12 months from now, I to have a disagreement with that because the fact that you be one of the 5,000 products that's making it to the finish line to get approval, and the fact that Samsung, uh, one of the top biologics uh, manufacturing in the world, wanting to manufacture our product with deferred payment post-approval uh, is because they believe that there's going to be tremendous amount of product needed. And if the Minimum, we sell the same numbers that the independent BioVid report has indicated to be able to sell. Even in the first year alone, if we're able to sell half a billion dollars, uh, or in the second year sell about a billion dollars as the report is indicating, then the numbers that you do for the revenue versus net profit and then do a small multiplier in Wall Street, eight multiplies the smallest number, those numbers add up to be around five to ten dollar stock price, not one fifty. Now, we have fought uh, so many different, uh, you know, uh, ideas in order to get monotherapy in place, to, in order to get combination therapy, to get only few years be able to get to the where we are submitting final application for final approval, and we believe we have to fight this battle for the stock price, and rightfully so because we raised. $200 million with this product in the last four years. So there's pressure on our stock. We are sitting at OTCB. There's a lot of things that will be changing, and I believe this year is our year where we are able to uh, be able to uh, harvest 
the fruit of our labor that has been very difficult labor for the last five years, and our shareholders should see a good value for their uh, investment. So, you know, can you um, maybe talk a little, a little bit about, you mentioned the Samsung deal. Uh, can you talk a, a little bit about that? Yes, that was a very big deal to us because Samsung Biologics don't allow uh, their manufacturing for other companies to have deferred payments. And when they allowed us to have deferred payments after going through our data room and checking the FDA correspondence and feeling comfortable that this is a product that's going to be approved, they gave us a contract that could produce uh, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of product and in the seven-year contract, billions of dollars. And we don't have to pay anything for the first batch, uh, which is going to be produced uh, in the late 2020 or early 2021. And we don't have to pay anything till next year. This time, our first payment will come due perhaps, or I'm sorry, next year, March, the first payment comes due. And then there is payment plan to go through all the way to the end of the year of next year. So that was a... Uh, we, we, we thought it as a great victory, but again, you're sitting at OTCB, you're not getting the kind of uh, value for your uh, news that you keep putting out, but that's, again, another battle that we believe we can successfully win because we do have a lot of great fundamentals that are in place and are solid. So that, you know, that's a, that's a you know, strong validation. Now, th- so they're going to be the manufacturer, the contract manufacturer uh, for Liron Limab, for the, for the HIV therapy. That- that's correct. Uh, Liron Limap for any indication will be manufactured by them. Okay. So, um, you know, can you kind of bring us up to speed on, you know, where the company is right now, uh, you know, along the path toward that, you know, final FDA approval and, and when, you know, when uh, revenues can, can commence for, you know, for no, Liron Limap again? Yeah, so we were hoping to... Uh, submit the final application for final approval, BLA, biologic license application, a few months ago. And what happened is when we had success with our monotherapy with a higher dose and got a better responders rate, the FDA said, well, your other trial that you're getting approval is not monotherapy, it's combination therapy, and you use the lower dose, which was the maximum dose at that time we wanted to expose patients with a sub-Q injection. Uh, therefore, this, uh, the FDA requested some, some uh, data from higher dose of our monotherapy in a specific 100 patients. As we went forward and our timeline changed, we were able to submit the first portion of the BLA that had nothing to do with the dosing. That was our clin- non-clinical section, so that got submitted. So that left us with two other sections to submit, clinical and manufacturing. But the fact that 525 milligram became the dose, uh, I'm sorry, 700 milligram became the dose, the FDA says now we need 100 patients that have been dosed with 700 milligram in your monotherapy. Uh, and they have to go 24 weeks. Now they changed that to 50 patients. We were lucky to get that uh, to, to 50 patients, 700 milligram, starting with 700 and going 24 weeks or going at least 12 weeks with the other 50. So 100 patient total, 5,700 milligram, 24 weeks, 5,700 milligram, 12 weeks. As the data came out, we realized 525 is as good or better than 700 milligrams. So we told FDA, we're gonna go with 525 and we have all the data we need now. We don't have to wait any longer. 
That question is being posed to the FDA as of today or tomorrow, the, the letter will go to the FDA. Now, when we give that, the FDA, if they accept the 525, then our clinical trial most likely can be submitted by end of August. Again, the delay for several months was because of our success with a higher dose. I want to make sure that shareholders realize we're not delaying anything because we didn't uh, complete a task from our side. In regards to manufacturing, same problem. The, the, the FDA indicated now you're going with a higher dose, so we need stability results and a PPQ, your product performance, you need to show us the quality of those for three batches with a higher dose. So the vials will be filled with 2.4 milliliter. And we ask, we are asking FDA, we, I'm sorry, we are asking two weeks ago or so that can we submit the stability test while the review of the BLA is going on? If the answer is yes, we can submit the BLA package by the end of September and it might, you know, be a couple of weeks delayed to the October or maybe earlier. So in that regard, the delays are because of the success, but the final application completed could happen by toward the end of September, uh, plus or minus few weeks. Uh, the clinical portion, uh, end of August, plus or minus few weeks. Now, uh, with all of that, your timeline starts after the final application is given, uh, six months waiting. But we have been granted rolling review, so we're hoping that non-clinical has already been reviewed, and if the other two can be reviewed in ex expedited fashion, we're hoping to have the approval by the end of first quarter, therefore revenue in the second quarter. Okay, and this is for the combination therapy. I just want to make sure we, that the people, this is for the combination therapy. That's correct. Okay. With the monotherapy, we have good success with a higher dose, so now we submitted the first pivotal phase three for final approval for the world of HIV with monoclonal self-injectable one civic antibody. That has never been done in the world of HIV. And the FDA requested to, for us to meet in person to finalize the protocol. And uh, once we finalize the protocol, the first pivotal trial uh, will start. I have to say that monotherapy, we have enrolled in this phase three investigative trial over 560 patients. We had no patients who was non-responded and had any problem going back to their original regimen. That means there is no danger for patients. So far, the patients that we have done, they have shown no danger of going back to their original regimen. We haven't had any X4 grow out. We haven't seen any resistance. We haven't seen any ADA anti-drug antibody. These are very, very positive results. But again, uh, we need to uh, meet with the FDA and initiate the first pivotal protocol. Uh, pivotal protocol in, H in uh, monotherapy with a self-injectable once a week could be a shift in HIV paradigm. And we believe the fact that they, when we enroll patients, all the sites enroll so quickly, it shows the willingness of patients and wanting of this product by all the HIV patients that are out there. So, so, so the monotherapy would be... Uh a once a week injection, a self injection of uh, the Laurent Limab per 140. That's correct. Okay, and and that's so that's you're going into uh, just you know maybe you can explain in layman's terms uh, into into phase three right now. Right now you're entering phase three. That's correct. I just want to make one quick correction. It's one dose a week. So it's two injections one after another because the volume can't hold. 
anything. But the two injections, one after another one, uh, and it's one dose. And how does it? And how does that compare to you know other therapies that are on the market right now? Um, the therapies out there all are with uh, just pills, oral pills. The latest one that is not oral pills that I believe it's approved now is from VIV, but it's intermuscular injections. And they are, that is two injections in each side of the buttocks once a month. Patient has to go to a center to receive these. They cannot do it at home, self-injection. Uh, it's very painful, what I'm hearing. And they have to go through a period of just taking the oral pill for that to make sure that there is no toxicity side effect issues. If they pass that portion, then they will be uh, placed on the intermuscular injection. Uh, so the difference between us and theirs is uh, we have a subcutaneous injection under the skin. Patients reported hardly any pain, and it's once a week simply done at home rather than going to the center. So the, other than those two intermuscular injections, uh, as a first line or second line, we don't have anything out there. There is an antibody that got approval with a similar uh, protocol that we have, but that one is also IV for the patients who are in deep uh, salvage uh, situation where they could die if they don't receive uh, another product. And that one, the patients have to go to a hospital or a center to get an IV, one-hour infusion IV every two weeks. So very uncomfortable position for both of those, in my opinion. But ours is uh, rather simple and easy to use. So you know, you know, before we get into some of you know some of the recent news that 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 uh, you know, the company's released, uh, you know, can you give our audience just a quick snapshot of you know the the, the Pro 140 uh, and and the, the current pipeline? I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question? Yeah. One more time? Yeah. Can you can you uh, you know give our audience just a quick snapshot of uh, you know Cytodyne's technology, the pro, the uh, Liron Limab Pro 140, and uh, the current pipeline, the product pipeline. Yeah. So Liron Limab Pro 140 is a humanized monoclonal antibody that is a self-injectable subcutaneous, and uh, uh, this product. Uh, can be used once a week for monotherapy to replace all the pills that the patients are taking. We have patients who have gone five years, uh, and they have patients that have gone two and a half years with a different dose. Now, we're not approved for this product, uh, so the monotherapy, if it is able to get approval, patients going to have some new uh, way of being able to have treatment that is completely different than what they have today. In regards to combination, it's an unmet medical need population of HIV. That population are in danger of not having any more uh, active arms for their regimen to be uh, viable. Uh, we are getting approval for that first and hopefully get approval back-to-back for monotherapy within a year from each other or so. Uh, in regards to other indication, we have been approached by one of the top uh, oncologists in the world that uh, he had discovered five years ago that the path to killing from any cancer tumor is most likely through metastasis that uh, involves uh, HIV pathway. So the metastasis of most of the cancers are happening, and uh, when, it, when it happens, it kills the patient, but it happens because of the CCR5 that this uh, the researcher uh, indicated in the, in the published paper that those uh, metastasis cells 
are the ones that have CCR5. CCR5 guides them through a signal to a place where they home and have metastasis. Uh, Dr. Richard Pastel is that scientist, and now he's our chief medical officer, has joined us because he believes the future of cancer can be altered by the success of this product. We are very hopeful. We gave FDA some animal study, and they gave us immediately a phase two green light to conduct. We are hoping to inject our first patient anytime. Uh, we also were very pleasant surprised when we gave uh, data from our animal study in graft versus host disease when Pfizer used their HIV product for that indication. Uh, that small study also allowed the FDA to give us a phase two for graft versus host disease, and we are now exploring NASH and we are exploring six uh, more uh, cancer indications, uh, other cancer indications, and we are hope to have some animal data so we can get to phase two for them also. So uh, let, let's let's go through some of the recent news, uh, maybe, and you know what it uh, what it means for the company. So maybe you can start off with uh, the most recent announcement, with uh, which is uh, you know Dr. Uh, Sasha joining you as the uh, you know senior science advisor. Yeah, that's a, the most uh, exciting thing for us that has happened in the last six years is Dr. Jonas Sasha was studying uh, our product. He's an associate professor at OHSU, Oregon Health Science University, at one of the largest primate centers in the world is in Portland, Oregon, Beaverton, Oregon, to be exact. And he, after studying our product for uh, 10 months or so, he has said that the results of prophylaxis or prevention for uh, Liranlimab is very exciting, and also the results of cure for HIV is very exciting. Uh, he will be publishing those documents by the end of the year, which uh, will mainly, he believes, will give us major media attention, and it will be time that uh, our company will be actually uh, talked about uh, in the media and everywhere about being the future of HIV, perhaps. Now, uh, he... Uh, already reached out to the, one of the top uh, centers for uh, prevention that is very close, uh, that, that they know him very well and they do co uh, collaboration. And the Thai Red Cross just signed the agreement with us, a, a memorandum of understanding to go forward with the prevention study that we don't have to fund and is funded from uh, Dr. Sasha's uh, contact. Dr. Sasha is also working on the CURE program and he's uh, very excited to uh, announced those results, and he believes that uh, the future is, uh, again, Liron Limap. Uh, HBO did a documentary a uh, about a year ago. Uh, the, the latest news on the public is the cure and uh, for the Timothy Brown and second London patients. Both of them are reporting it's because of CCR5 is missing from the T cell. They are Delta 32 patients uh, or Delta 32 bone marrow transplant patients. So uh, it all indicates that our mechanism of action is very hot for HIV and other areas, and we are very excited to explore all of those avenues. Interesting. So, so, so there's there's a deal with was it the Thai the uh, Thai Red Cross uh, to use to use to use um, Limab as as for uh, HIV prevention. That's correct. Okay. And what about also you, you put out a, uh, some recent news about you know generating some you know some near term revenue uh, from uh, licensing the, the Pro 140 for use uh, in uh, diagnostics. Uh, can you talk about that and and what the the revenue potential there is? Yeah. So the uh, 
the revenue potential from that is uh, obviously small to start with. It's a diagnostic, but the big news for us was that we had some products from Liron Lima product, the Pro 140, that is for phase two grade. We cannot use that anymore because now we have commercial grade. So that product would have been dis uh, discarded. And it's quite a bit of uh, product when it comes to diagnostic use. And when we found out that we, for our monotherapy, we have to use quite a bit of uh, uh, diagnostic tests to verify the receptor density of CCR5, uh, we uh, talked to the lab and uh, Dr. Bruce Patterson, who's the ex-professor at Stanford, said that why don't we use uh, your Pro 140 that you're discarding and make an agreement with us and uh, whatever tests you have, we use your own antibody and we also use the marine version of your antibody, PA14, and we can uh, pay you for you, that, that product instead of paying another lab to get a product that we can verify the CCR5 on the tissue. Those tests have to be done for our patients. And he's already doing those kind of tests for other uh, pharmas and life science companies, and he's willing to use our product. So we were very delighted to sign that uh, non-binding term sheet, hoping to sign a definitive agreement for him to be able to use that product that was supposed to be discarded at a very high price compared to the commercial level product because diagnostic use very small amount and it's pretty expensive. So we believe we're going to have revenue no matter how small it is at the beginning. It could uh, grow to be much uh, larger than what it is in the first year, but in future we will be able to use all of that product that was supposed to be discarded. Okay. So, you know, let's, let's kind of recap, uh, you know, what are the, you know, the key milestones, you know, you know, right now, uh, we're already in, in mid July. What's, what are the milestones for the next 12 months, uh, that investors, uh, should be tracking? Well, huge milestone is to finish the BLA submission, which is hopefully in the third quarter, uh, if not the very big, you know, early part of fourth quarter. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then be able to have uh, final approval is huge, which is again within the next 12 months. And then uh, entering the world of cancer with triple negative breast cancer would be huge. Having the first monotherapy pivotal trial initiated this year, hopefully, that would be amazing for the world of HIV and be able to have back-to-back -back approval. Uh, that won't happen within a year, but the back-to-back -back approval for monotherapy could be shortly after that. Uh, getting involved with NASH, we are waiting some results from animal study. That would be huge for us. Getting involved with multi-different cancer programs uh, and try to get a phase two and license it out perhaps to other companies would be very important for us. And our prognostic test that Dr. Pastel brought to our company that we acquired his company and got that test is in the pre-application process for 510K. We are meeting with FDA in August. So that would be a huge news if, the, if we were able to come up to some agreement to use the data that we have so far and get that 510K approved, hopefully uh, within the next 12 months. Then we have a prognostic test that would generate revenue for us. So, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Porhasan, you know, uh, my last question, you know, it's, again, you know, our, our favorite question to, to ask CEOs is, uh, you know, in your opinion uh, right now, you know, what, what are the, you know, top three reasons for investors to, uh, to consider your stock today? One out of 5,000 products make it to the final approval according to FDA.gov and other places. We're one of them. 
we don't have high risk, high reward company. We have very low risk now and high reward. Uh, the company can go for multiple indications. I don't think you can find that many companies with multiple indications. Going from HIV, small population, to very large population, to cancer, and to NASH, to graft versus host disease. And most importantly, is all of these that we're talking about should give the inflection point that all biotech companies dream about. Uh, this is something Gilead had to wait seven years. Their stock was in the same level as our stock for seven years, then they had the inflection point. We believe we are one of those companies that have a very strong inflection point, and it's happening very soon, in my opinion. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Porsa, again, congratulations uh, on all the recent progress, and uh, we look forward to following up with you uh, in the coming months. Thank you so much.